And now, live, it's time. Which team, by colors alone, is identifiable around the world? It's time for the JT The Brick Show. Which team, by slogan, commitment to excellence? On Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. Just win, baby. All those things are the Raiders. Here's your host, JT The Brick. JT, thanks for joining us today, Friday, on Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. On a very special day, big show. I'm only doing an hour of it today because I'll be with Simon Keith and his foundation for his big charity golf tournament and gala today over at Revere Golf Course in Henderson, Nevada. Big part of my calendar every year to be a part of Simon Keith and what he does, the first ever professional athlete to receive a heart transplant and then go on and get another one and play professional sports. He's a monster here in town, a member of the Southern Nevada Sports Hall of Fame and a friend, and I'm proud that I'm associated with this. So I'll be cutting out after an hour. We have a tribute to Mr. Davis, Al Davis, who 10 years ago to the day, today passed away and left us and the legendary Raider icon, Pro Football Hall of Famer. Uh, You'll hear his Hall of Fame speech, and Q will pick it up with his show a little bit later on. My goal for the next hour is to go big. We're going to have Lee Sterling who's going to join us. He's going to pick some games. Also one of the best young analysts from Pro Football Focus, Sam Monson, is going to come in here and join us and we'll get to everything we need to get to as this game on Sunday is a monster and there's a lot happening. It's going to be a big, big deal at Allegiant Stadium as the Chicago Bears are in town. And I actually think you're going to see some Bear fans out there. Uh, They're treating this like a bucket list trip. Chicago Bear fans that knew about this trip in advance and hope that Allegiant Stadium would be open with fans are really excited for this road trip. Welcome them. Let them enjoy Vegas. Let them have a great time. These good fans of Chicago are great football fans, and they're going to be a part of the festivities here all weekend as we have the heavyweight fight as we spend a lot of time building up the fight this week also here on Raider Nation Radio. I want to thank PTs. They fuel the monologue. Uh, the best happy hour in town, without a doubt, 5 to 7 at night. I'll be there tonight at one point when the event wraps up, also midnight to 2. 64 taverns in town, so we got you covered here with PTs. And yesterday, as I was out at that gorgeous golf course, TPC Summerlin, uh, TP, uh, PTs had a big setup right there on the hill where they were serving ice-cold beer and having a great time. I really appreciate the partnership not only with the Shriners Children's Hospital, but the fact that our partner, PTs, was right there volunteering their time with their staff, and that was a big deal too. So let's get the show going. My interview with John Gruden coming up here in a little bit. And uh, before we get to Coach Gruden, that interview was yesterday. I'll be anchoring the Silver and Black show for Aaron Coscarelli this week, so catch that on Saturday. The show airs in its entirety on CBS, usually at 4 o'clock if college football is running behind by a little bit. It's in that 4 o'clock window, and they play it in its entirety. Got a big show with Lincoln Kennedy as we're going to break down the Bears and talk about this team and what to fear or not to fear. I'm not a big believer that you should be scared of anything or be concerned about anything, but the Raiders got to pay attention to a couple of key points. And we'll break it down more in detail here by the end of the hour. they got to be concerned about a young Justin Fields running around and scampering around like a young Lamar Jackson or a young Patrick Mahomes. And what am I talking about? Mahomes and Lamar Jackson are both still very young and going to be doing this for a long time. But this quarterback 
can run. He's physical. He's big. We talked about yesterday. I really enjoyed the guests we had on yesterday. I hope you got a chance to hear it. Well, you can go back on the podcast. Jacob Infante broke down Justin Fields as a thrower, and I forgot how good of a thrower he was in college. Reason why he was drafted by the Bears in the first round is his arm. He can run, and he's physical, but he could also step up and throw. I look at him as a bigger Russell Wilson. Now, Russell Wilson's a huge future Hall of Famer, but you got to compare these young quarterbacks to other quarterbacks who played. You know, Zach Wilson to Fran Tarkenton, Baker Mayfield to Brett Favre, whoever it is, got to have comparisons. And the way that Justin Fields played in college and what he's trying to do in the pros is similar to Russell Wilson, which is stand in the pocket big and step into big throws, run in the pocket and extend a play, or just tuck it and run. Just tuck it and run and try to take off and get yardage that way. So I think he's a big concern, even though David Montgomery won't be playing. They're featured running back. So I think there's going to be more put on Justin Fields than normally it would be. Now, I could be wrong. Maybe they're going to really simplify the game for him. They're going to hand it off, and they're going to run a bunch of checkdowns and short, short passes. The film that I watched from the game last week, I really think he's going to let it rip. I think he's going to come out and let it rip because the Raiders are banged up at the cornerback position. We'll see who's available as the injury report comes out later today here on Friday and what we see over the weekend. But I think they're just going to let it rip and take a shot downfield. Why play conservative if you're Chicago in a game of this magnitude? Why? I mean, their season is on the line. They might have saved their season last Sunday when they won. The week before, they got absolutely annihilated by the Cleveland Browns. We talked about it this week. Uh, That loss to Cleveland was one of the worst football games ever played by a losing team, ever. They were sacked nine times. They had literally no offense in that game. And then they came back and bounced back and won their next football game. So this team could have went in the tank after that Cleveland game, and they beat the Lions handily 24-14. to And this game for Chicago now, with their record, they're 2-2, two and two, and they're fortunate to be 2-2. Two and two. They lost at the Rams. They beat the Bengals, who the Raiders will see later on in the year. They got crushed by the Browns and beat the Lions, 2-2. Two and two. And the Raiders could have been 2-2 two and two if they lost that overtime game to Miami, but they're not. They're 3-1. and one. After this, the Bears have... After the Raiders, the Packers at the Buccaneers, Niners. At Steelers, Ravens. I I really believe that they're going to treat this like a playoff game because if they lose this game in Las Vegas on Sunday, they're going to get hammered right after that with the Packers and the Buccaneers and the Niners. I don't see them winning any of those games. So we don't want to give them any momentum. Don't want them to feel good about themselves. Don't want them to have a fast start. And most importantly... We can't let this team come into Vegas and for Vegas to have a slow start. That's what's happened so far this year. In three of the four games so far, the Raiders have trailed by 14 points and the Charger game by 21 points. That cannot happen. And that's my segue to my conversation with John Gruden yesterday. I was at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center, as I do every Thursday Here's my conversation with the head coach of the Silver and Black. Coach, let's begin. You addressed this week the slow starts. What have you and your staff identified that you believe will help going forward with Chicago and other games coming up? Well, honestly, we have to play better. Uh, We have to obviously call better plays because the ones we're calling aren't getting done. But we've had four penalties. We've had a couple snaps over the quarterback's head. Um, 
we got to relax, I think. I think we got to relax. We got to keep our composure better early in games. Um, and that's an understatement. Let's talk about the great start this year. Three out of the first four, three and one start. Tell me about the organization, the players, your staff, how excited you are with this start. Raider Nation's fired up. Well, we're all fired up. We, we like our team. We have a good young nucleus of players. We have some really good veteran players. It's a good mix. It's a good family atmosphere, a good brotherhood. I'm really proud of that more than anything. We have some injuries right now that are tough, that are taxing us. But uh, I think at the end of the season, it could benefit us because we're going to continue to use our entire arsenal of players. And uh, our coaches have done an excellent job of keeping the next man up ready to go. Before we get to the Bears, there's one play we want to identify and take a look at, the Hunter Renthrow tackle on the fake punt. Unbelievable moment. You talked about this play. Tell our viewers about it. Walk us through the play. Well, our special teams coach does a good job of alerting our players. I think Hunter, because he's a great listener and he's a natural, instinctive player, I think he was looking for that play. He was mad he didn't intercept the ball. <laughs> but what an unbelievable break he made. How about the tackle? Not many secondary guys can make that hit. Um, but the instincts, the poise that this man plays with is rare, and you won't see that play for another 20 years. That's how uncommon it was. Great recognition, great burst of the ball, and an excellent finish. Bears are in town. They lead the NFL with 15 sacks. Robert Quinn, Khalil Mack, but they have other great players sprinkled on that defense. Let's talk about the pass rush. Well, it all starts there. They, they've done a great job of – mixing up their coverages, sprinkling in some blitzes, and they have a couple great pass rushers. Khalil's a great player. Quinn is a guy, is a guy that's had multiple sacks for different teams in this league. Uh, they'll be a challenge. They're good on the back end. They're well coached. And um, if Hicks plays with Eddie Goldman inside, that's a big, fierce foursome that I'm sure the Bears are excited about. You know the big media market of Chicago. All week they've been talking about Matt Nagy, Justin Fields, name the starter. You're aware of this now. Fields is a good player. He's a threat as a runner, and there were a couple of great balls he threw last week. He connected on a couple of deep balls. Well, he's capable. There's no doubt about it. It's going to take a little time. I know none of us have time <laughs> or want to admit it, but the developmental process, whether you're developing a quarterback or an offensive lineman or anything, it takes a little time. And Matt Nagy's an excellent coach. Uh, we know he's got a diverse scheme, and they're going to lean on this quarterback's legs as much as his arm because he can run it and throw it. Yeah, they are struggling at the running back position with injuries, too. Your injuries, especially in the defensive backfield, Mullen and Arnett coming off the Charger game. Big concern here again, next man up. Yeah, it is. And we signed Brandon Faison from the Chargers. We think Amik Robertson is ready and capable of playing. He did a good job in the game the other day. Keyshawn Nixon is back. Uh, we're missing both our guards. Uh, we're missing some players. Derek Carrier, our third tight end, is out for the season. So that'll impact how we look at a couple personnel groupings, but uh, got to get ready to go. Got to play. Denzel Perryman, second in the NFL in tackles. What a signing. And I want to talk about his energy, ferocious, how he's into every play. He's a guy who brings everyone together in the huddle. I'm very impressed. You know, he's always been that way. The only problem Denzel's had is he's had some nicks. He's had some injuries. And if he can stay healthy in this system with the guys playing in front of him the way they're playing, he could lead the league in tackles. That's the kind of linebacker he is. He's got Every down capability, uh, sideline to sideline ability, and he is a great tackler, and he can knock you back. Coach, it's been 10 years since the passing of Al Davis. What he means to you, this organization, 
This is a big date, Friday. Tell us what you think and Mr. Davis's impact on your life and career. Well, it's hard to do, um, you know, because here, here's the founder of football, if you ask me. You could put George Hallis and Al Davis and maybe a couple other guys in the same uh, boat. Uh, but his passion for football, for the Raiders, for giving anybody a chance, women, men, any race, uh, any age, um, I think his open-mindedness was, was uncommon, uh, his will to, will to win, all his slogans he lived by. And it's, it's not a cliche. If you knew Al Davis, uh, you, knew, you knew pride and poise meant something. And he was one of the great uh, challengers in my life. He challenged me every day. I'll tell you a story, JT. Yeah, I'm, in the, I'm in the office. I'm, I'm an offensive guy. I'm drawing up plays. He walks in and draws a punt protection. He could draw our punt protections. He could draw our defensive alignments. That man knew football and loved football and was great at personnel and has an impact on where we are today with football. Good luck against the Bears, Coach. Thanks, JT. So you can tell for Coach, uh, Coach has taken this game. All these games he takes very seriously. But there's an edge to him coming into this game. That's because the Raiders are coming off a loss. They're coming off a loss, and they're obviously pretty concerned about another loss. And they don't want the wheels to start to loosen up here. They want to tighten the wheels and go to four and one. And four and one would be incredible. Absolutely incredible if they can get off to that start. But they got to start fast. And that's something that we've debated here on this show all week long. How are they going to start fast? Coach Flores joined us earlier in the week on Tuesday. And I, I talked to him about Bill Wall scripting plays. He said he didn't do that much. But what Coach Flores told me, the Hall of Famer that stayed with me all week, is he said he went to his best place early. So I didn't know if Coach Flores ran with the script. And he told me, no, he ran his best plays early. And I think that's really encouraging going into this game if John Gruden does the same thing. He has a best play for Hunter Renthro. Several of his top plays for Darren Waller. Henry Ruggs III. Will he go to those plays early? Or will he save those great plays for later in the game? if he tries to establish the run or if he has a specific game plan because of this particular opponent in their pass rush that he's going to run a certain amount of plays, misdirection early away from Robert Quinn or Khalil Mack, maybe run right at Khalil Mack with some help of a tight end. I don't know. We're going to have to see what happens on Sunday. But as you can tell, Coach Gruden has a lot of respect for this football team, and they are coming in ready to play. All right, we are able to get in this hour. My good friend Lee Sterling from ParamountSports.com. Lee's been with me for over 20 years. And Lee gives us three games for free, which most pros don't do. We welcome Lee Sterling to Raider Nation Radio on this Friday. Lee, thanks for coming on, buddy. Appreciate it. I'll get right to it. A couple of college games. I know you're on one big early. So let's start off with the game Iowa minus two at Penn State. How do you have it? Yeah, these defenses are so similar. I, mean, I was ranked second in the nation, allowing 11.6 points per game. Penn State, number three, allowing 12 points per game. I think the difference here is on offense. So uh, take nothing away from Iowa. They're decent on offense, but they just are not explosive. Uh, Johan Dotson, 35 catches for the Nittany Lions, eight touchdowns. Parker Robinson, 25 catches, almost 14 yards per reception. Keandre Lambert-Smith, another 13 catches and almost 18 yards per reception. The top two receivers for the Hawkeyes, tight end Sam Laporta, running back Tyler Goodson, 
you got to hit on some big plays. You can't just keep moving it down the field with 12, 14, 15 play drives against these defenses here. I'm going to go with the more explosive team, wrong team favorite. Penn State, 24-20. Sounds like a little bit of a lean to the under yep. this game. 42-and-a-half at open. Now it's 41-and-a-half. I even see a 40-and-a-half in this game. Where's the sharp money going? I, I, I'm seeing it split. I mean, the, the total's just too low. Yeah, you know, something like this. This is a game I don't normally tease college football totals, but, you know, if you like a side, uh, you know, you can tease this. If you like, let's say, uh, Penn State like I do, mm-hmm. take the two to two-and-a-half, tease it up to eight, you know, play, uh, move the total up and play the under. Lee Sterling, Paramount Sports. Go to ParamountSports.com. And I got a good look at the Chargers on Monday night. Opened up a pick against Cleveland at home. Now the line moved to one and a half for the Chargers here. Let's stay with this. I like Cleveland. I like the fact that Cleveland can run the ball at the Chargers and maybe keep Justin Herbert on the sidelines. But seeing what Herbert did with the three touchdowns against the Raiders and his poise in the pocket, especially in the red zone, very interesting game. How do you see Chargers hosting Cleveland? Well, on top of the Raiders and the Chiefs and the Broncos now realizing they're going to have to face this guy team twice a year. I mean, he is scary good. The Dolphin fans may not get over it. I mean, they already missed on Drew Brees. That cost them 15 years sitting this, the franchise back. And now uh, not making a move there and drafting two instead might have cost them another decade. So he is really good. Uh, I think he's going to be consistent. I don't think he's going to have many ups and downs like other quarterbacks, but the difference here is the Chargers run defense. They got up. It was emotional. That was a key game for them winning against the Raiders. They knew they had to get over the hump, but now they got to face the best running team in the NFL. This is a team led by Kareem Hunt, uh, also Nick Chubb, uh, 177 yards per game here running the football uh, whether you're in bad weather, good weather, uh, they're going to do the job here. So I- I'm going to take Cleveland here. I'm going to take the one-and-a-half points. I-, I just don't see the Chargers getting up. This game reminds me of the Rams game. After they ended up with a big win over the Bucks. they just laid an egg against the Cardinals. I, I think the Chargers are going to be flat. It's impossible to get up, play your A game two weeks in a row. Browns 27-23. Yeah, it would be a blown opportunity. I'm, I'm, I'm on your side, too. I think Cleveland is the better team and better roster, but and the Chargers don't have home fans. I know a lot of Cleveland fans, a lot of Cleveland fans are going to buy tickets to this game, but, man, I, you know the Chargers really impressed me. Can't wait to see this game. We get a rematch of the AFC Championship game and really appreciate it, Paramount Sports, you're giving us this game for free because this is a big one. I picked Buffalo, as you know, to win the Super Bowl. I'm on Buffalo this year, and Kansas City doesn't look right on defense. But I think Andy Reid in this game is going to look at this game a little bit differently and possibly be even more aggressive if he can because I think he's got to think the only way he can win this game is in a shootout. Line opened up Kansas City minus four. Now Kansas City is minus three. Uh, to two and a half. Let's play it with you at two and a half. Kansas City hosting Buffalo. Something very important to watch is the injury report. So two of the top three secondary players for Buffalo, Poyer and Johnson, safety Poyer, cornerback Johnson, are listed as game time decision. If these two guys don't play, or they're limited in this game, that's a big problem for Buffalo. I think their offense for Buffalo is going to be great. I think Josh Allen uh, they've been kind of holding back on him, limiting him running the football. Uh, he might cut it loose here, throwing in, running the football, and they'll have some success. But if that defense is not ready to go, what they try to do is 
they try to funnel everything to their safeties. They might have the best two safeties in football. If they can't do that, spells trouble. Kansas City's healthy for the first time in a long time. Hey, I, I know that Buffalo, they made the Texans look like a, a, a JV team, but every week is totally different here. I think Kansas City has had enough of hearing Buffalo chirp if they had five more win- minutes they win last year. I think Kansas City gets the job done here. 37 to 30. All right, Lee, last yeah. one, the big one. You know I'm funding Oklahoma. My son, a junior at Oklahoma, is road tripping with his fraternity brothers to the Red River rivalry. We used to be able to say Red River shootout, but now people get scared to say that here. So big game. Uh, I'm putting an extra, a little bit extra money on his card for a couple of yeah. beverages there. Uh, it's a road <laughs> trip. We both went on road trips in college. Does my stud? We'll find out. This is your game of the week. Tell everybody how they can get it. Oh, you minus three and a half against Texas. Yeah, and I've been on the other side. As you know, I started going by to Southwest Texas State. Now, Texas State played football, transferred, got my degree at Texas. So I've been on the other side of this rivalry, and it is something special. It starts the night before. So uh, hopefully kids stay safe and have fun. Yes. One of the greatest rivalries, and you got to get a Fletcher's Corny Dog before the game if you're sober. Uh, you want to get Texas, <laughs> Oklahoma? Just call 800-400-9741. Not October here at Paramount Sports. It's Locktober. We're the number one documented service in the country over the last year. Check us out. Check out other videos of other games. ParamountSports.com. Thanks, Lee. We'll talk to you. Appreciate you coming on. Thanks, JT. We thank Lee Sterling there. Didn't touch the Raider game there. He didn't do it at all. So we appreciate Lee Sterling coming in. And that was brought to you by Modelo. As you know, on Fridays, everybody asks me, where's my bucket of Modelo's? Uh, Tonight it'll be out at Revere as I'm there with Simon Keith and his foundation for his annual gala. And I'm looking forward to that. Uh, Modelo, the official cerveza of the Las Vegas Raiders, brewed as a model of what good beer should be. Modelo Especial is a rich, full-flavored Pilsner-style lager delivering a crisp, refreshing taste brewed with the fighting spirit since 1925 speaking of fighting spirit we got the fight this weekend who do you got tyson fury deontay wilder i'll give my prediction for the fight right now i'm rooting for wilder i really am i love the bronze bomber i want him as an american fighter to win but tyson fury i just think has his number and this is a tough one because i'm going now with with what i think is the analysis that I should go with, but I'm going to be ringside and I got a credential and I'm not going to be clapping and cheering. You don't do that when you get a credential to cover the fight, but I'm hoping that the bronze bomber wins it and gets his career back on track. If he could have two wins over Tyson Fury and win this trilogy, he gets right back to his heavyweight career, a fight with Anthony Joshua and these big fights continue. I think a loss for Deontay Wilder, Wilder would be the beginning of the back end of his career, and I don't want to see that. But that being said, I'm going to go with Fury with a decision late. I'm hoping, my gut tells me, there's going to be a knockout in this fight, but I'm going to go with Fury out of respect to Wilder to win this decision, a unanimous decision late. I just think he's a better boxer. I think he'll have the lead in the fight. I think Wilder's going to have to come out of his shell a bit. He's going to have to box a little bit more, but still try to land that right. And if he can hang in there and have a puncher's chance late in the fight, in the 11th or 12th, anything could happen. But I think that Fury is going to put enough rounds in the bank to hang on and hold on to this fight. (laughs) I got a pretty good feeling I'm going to be wrong. I have a feeling I'm going to be wrong here. That's why I don't bet. I'm just giving you my opinion on this. 
because both of these fighters could be gassed by the end of the third round, and one of them can punch them punch their way out of this fight early and be gassed and tired. And if that's going to be anyone, I think it could be Fury in this fight. But I'll give Fury the respect because he was so much better in that last fight, so much better. And as Kevin Ioli told us yesterday, and there's a lot of bitterness going on from Bob Arum's energy to what the fighters are doing. Should be a great crowd at T-Mobile. If you're going, I hope to see you there. Let's keep it rolling. When we come back, Sam Monson will join us from Pro Football Focus, a very good analyst. We'll get into the Raiders and what happened to the loss against the Chargers and what they need to do to bounce back and some of the other grades around the league as Pro Football Focus does a great job at taking a look at every individual player in this league and charting them to tell you if they're doing well or if they're struggling. And the Raiders have a few players who are doing really well, pro ball ability, and some that have been struggling the last couple of weeks. The monologue, the opening segment, my interview with John Gruden. We thank Sam and Ash because you deserve what's right. Sam and Ash, our personal injury attorneys. Give them a call at 702-820-1234. JT, inside the Lotus Studios on a gorgeous Friday with the Bears in town and a big fight right here on Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. With all the great teams we've had, I think today that this organization, this team, this coaching staff dominated so decisively that two things must be said. Not only, in my opinion, are you the greatest rated team of all time. Thank you. I think you're ranked with the great teams of all time that have ever played any professional sport. All right, welcome back to Raider Nation Radio 920 AM and on the Raiders mobile app. Brought to you by Wahoo's Fish Tacos for the ultimate game day experience. Win your share of up to $85,000 in their football free play giveaway and weekly parlay card contest. With all the great teams we've Enjoy had. 24-ounce Modelo and Modelo Chiladas and their $5 Nep Vodka cocktails and the best Bud Light and Mick Ultra specials around. Did we mention the award-winning California Beach Cuisine? including delicious tacos, wings, mouth-watering appetizers and bowls, and the best burritos that I've had in town. Six locations across the valley, including the newest location on Eastern in Henderson, where they have that outdoor deck on the second deck that looks back at the Strip. You'll love it there. Head on out to any Wahoos here in town. I go to the one over by Boca Park. Love Wahoos, proud partner of our show. It's great that we can bring in Sam Munson, who's one of the great analysts for Pro Football Focus, and the podcast is fantastic. One of the few podcasts, and I mean few, that I listen to every week other than mine with Looney's and the ones I host with the Raiders. Uh, Sam, thanks a lot for joining us. I appreciate you coming on on a Friday. I want to go back to Monday night in the Raiders' loss in Los Angeles. What did you see with Justin Herbert inside and outside the pocket? What are the analytics show? Yeah, I thought he looked fantastic. Um, he had a, a really good grade again. That's three in the last four games for him. He's one of the best-graded quarterbacks in the NFL. The thing about Justin Herbert is he's a lot like Patrick Mahomes in terms of he's he looks incredible at the stuff that isn't supposed to be sustainable. You know, the things that you're not supposed to be able to do well consistently, play well under pressure, 
um, play well in all the, the high leverage situations like third and fourth down and those critical plays, most quarterbacks can't repeat that. It's, it's a thing that comes and goes. But Mahomes has always been kind of off on his own little island in terms of all of the numbers and analytics in all of these areas that are not supposed to be predictable year to year. And Herbert seems to have some of that same vibe going on. One of the narratives around him coming into this year was that he was so good last year at all this unsustainable stuff. And so that made him a logical candidate for regression, for taking a step back and not being quite as good this year as he was as a rookie, um, or at least you know more or less the same because he might offset that by getting better at the more predictable areas. But he still, he still looks the same. He still looks like he's uh, outperforming everybody else in those crazy unpredictable areas and he's gotten better and the situation around him has gotten better so yeah justin herbert i mean on the broadcast last night they were busy fitting him up for a hall of fame jacket before the show um like it's not crazy to think that he is this good that he is one of the best quarterbacks in the nfl already yeah i have no problem with that i've been projecting great players my whole career 25 years on the radio i don't i didn't have to wait for mike trout to play another year or two to project him all time, but injuries come into play. And, you know, your career can get cut short as a quarterback. You can age quickly. You can get injured. But, yeah, I have no problem talking about Herbert already as a future Hall of Famer. That brings me to Derek Carr, who was graded high coming into that game, was the AFC Offensive Player of the Month. And these Raiders' slow starts are baffling to me because I know how good of a play caller Gruden is and how detailed he and Carr are in the fourth year of this system together. And three out of their four games, Sam, they started down 14 nothing. Two of them they were able to dig out of the hole and win it overtime in Vegas. But this is getting dicey. Do you think the Raiders just got to come out throwing more? Because there's a lot of times they give up downs on handoffs up the middle when Carr has all these weapons, and I think you put it in his arm. How do you see it? Yeah, I think that's true. Um, I think they do need to lean into the fact that Derek Carr is this is a quarterback that's better than he's ever been before. I mean, Derek Carr at his best is a top 10 quarterback and he's at his best right now. So you need to follow the trend that everybody else in the NFL is and put the ball in the hands of your best player. And when that leads to those deep shots to Henry Ruggs, which was open a few times in that game, it's a more efficient play anyway. Um, the, The only problem that they have is, you know, concerns on that offensive line that have been, a bit of an issue this year, and, and they haven't quite gotten that, that group squared or, squared away yet after kind of overhauling it in the offseason. You know, Alex Leatherwood, anytime he got left one-on-one with Joey Bosa, was just a, it's just a matchup he can't win in that game. So yeah. not only do you need to put the ball in Derek Carr's hands, but you need to make sure that the protection is sound and that he's going to be able to get it to where it needs to go. I think that right now is the biggest issue that this Raiders offense has it doesn't have the same offensive line that it's had for the past few years, and they need to improve in that area to be successful on the ground or in the air. Sam Munson is our guest. So when do the grades come out? Do you wait till Monday, a Tuesday after the Monday night football game? Take us behind the scenes because I know you're grading every play, the whole team, from Thursday night all the way to Monday, and then you release those uh, uh, grades earlier today? So the the grades from the Sunday games will be up by Monday morning about okay. 10 a.m. Eastern most of the time. Um, and then those Monday night games or Monday night grades come out early Tuesday morning, so about 9 a.m. for those, and then the whole week is done and dusted. Give me a couple of grades that surprised you or encouraging for players who you didn't think were playing at that level and then showed up in the grades. 
Um, I've, I've been really impressed by Max Crosby so far. I mean, he's having half of an all-pro season, or uh, he's going to end up having half an all-pro season, but he's also having an incredible run of just luck in terms of the tackles that he's going up against. I mean, he's four weeks into the season, hasn't faced a good tackle yet, and if you look at his schedule, he's not going to see one until like week seven. Um, so Crosby, I think, is playing fantastically, but we don't yet know like how much is him and how much of it is a product of the players he's gone up against. He does look visibly better than he was last year or the year before, but it's very, very difficult to separate out the fact that he has played an incredible cupcake schedule of, of players that are tasked with blocking him so far. Tell me about some Cowboy grades, especially on the defensive side of the ball and what they're doing here, because we know with Dak and Zeke and now Pollard, they're able to play at a high level, but watching their defense as of late and to see Trayvon Diggs, as a ball hawk, what impresses you about Dallas's defense? Yeah, Diggs has taken a huge step forward. Um, he was already improving towards the back end of his rookie season, but he's continued that into this this year, and he looks really good. And I think what we're seeing is, you know, how much just changing scheme can make an impact on a group of of players. Like they haven't added mm-hmm. that much to that defense. Obviously, guys like Micah Parsons, their their top rookie, come in, and he's been pretty fantastic as well. Uh, moonlighting as a defensive end, and he again is able to beat up on some bad tackles as well and get a ton of pressure when that happens. But most of this group has, has, was already there. Um, and just changing and shifting to a scheme that isn't overmatched and putting them in tough spots every single week transforms them. And that defense is holding up its end of the bargain now. And they're a lot like the Chiefs a few years ago. They didn't need the defense to get good. They just needed it not to be a complete liability. And the reason they were going to lose games in a shootout, all of a sudden – you know, Dallas's offense remains as good as it was last year when Dak went down, and their defense has, has more than held up its end of the bargain as producing turnovers. Wrap it up with Sam Monson, Pro Football Focus. Finally, I've been dying to ask you about Daniel Jones and what you saw with the tape because, you know, my dad's back in New York, 82 years old, watches every play of the Giants, and he's been telling me forever he can play, he can run, he loves when he gets outside the pocket, the athletic ability, and he cut down on the turnovers – but you know, Sam, in New York, same thing Zach Wilson will deal with in years to come, and I think he has a higher ceiling. If you don't win, the Wolves are at the door. The New York media is just bigger, nastier, meaner, and they'll grind him out. And like Eli, he doesn't talk much, so he's not fanning the flames in New York. How good did he look in that win against New Orleans? I've been impressed by Daniel Jones this season. Um, I mean, I made a bet on our podcast with, with Steve Palazzolo that he would take another step forward this year and he'd finish the season with a PFF grade above 80. Right now he's at 87. He's the second-best-graded quarterback in the NFL after Tom Brady. Um, he is playing lights out right now. And, and it's not necessarily showing up in the box score because the offensive line – hasn't been great though the last couple of weeks has been much better his receivers have been injured even though they've added guys to that offense and the scheme isn't the best system in the world but Daniel Jones is playing better and that means he's taken a step forward every year of his career he's clearly got the arm to make all the throws as you said he turned into like one of the most dynamic rushing threats at the quarterback position in the NFL and and it seems to consistently catch teams by surprise that he is that much of a a weapon in, in in the run game. Not only can he sort of take off and scramble, but they'll like use him out of empty formations and run like QB power down by the goal line. It's it's something that you see from, you know, Cam Newton, not Daniel Jones, but that's what the Giants are doing to take advantage of what he can do on the ground. So I'm impressed by Daniel Jones. I just hope for his sake 
that the rest of that team can kind of elevate their game a little bit and, you know, come up to meet him so that he doesn't become a casualty of that team clearing house in the offseason if they have a bad year. Sam, last one, because you guys can debate this as good as anybody, but the Urban Meyer topic is massive. The guy sat on a stool. He needs to apologize to his wife. He wasn't touching. He wasn't groping. It wasn't inappropriate behavior. It wasn't sexual assault. It wasn't what Deshaun Watson is dealing with or even Richard Sherman, who's playing for the world champs, is dealing with legally. I know you can lose the locker room for something like this if you don't already have the locker room in the palm of your hands. What's your analysis of what's happening with Urban Meyer? Clearly, the national media is all over this, even though his owner, Shad Khan, accepted his apology. Yeah, and if you look at what football people are saying about this, the thing that comes up over and over again is not what he was doing at the bar, not anything to do with his family, all these kinds of things. It's that he didn't catch the flight home with the rest of the team. Yes. Which people are saying is is a completely unheard of thing. You know, guys that have covered the league for 20 years have never heard of a head coach not traveling home with the team, even regardless of the fact that it was, you know, in your sort of home city and all those kinds of things. Like, you get on the plane with everybody else and you fly back and you prepare for the next game. Um, and he didn't. And that's the thing that seems to be rubbing everybody the wrong way. It's not whatever he did in a bar and, and got caught and had to apologize for. It's the fact that he was there in the first place, that he wasn't on the plane back with everybody else and dealing with the fallout of 0-4. And, um, and that, I think, is the biggest thing that he has to work on to win people back. It's not this sort of media uh, circus that's flying around this. It's the fact that that is something different that, to what everybody in the NFL expects your head coach to do, and that is where you, you potentially lose the locker room. Excellent. Thanks, Sam. Talk to you in a couple of weeks. Always appreciate your time. Thank you so much. Anytime. Thanks. Appreciate Sam Munson joining us. And, again, Pro Football Focus, where even my son at Oklahoma uh, downloads it and looks at it every day. That's where he gets all of his juice for his fantasy football leagues that he's in. Appreciate Sam coming on there. So, look, uh, all week long, we didn't have a lot of time to sit back and talk about Justin Herbert versus Derek Carr. I thought Derek showed a lot of grit in that game. The fact that Joey Bosa took a cheap shot at him. and It's a fair shot if Bosa wants to criticize Carr when the play is breaking down. Bosa has the right to do that. But in this league, most players don't do that. Most players don't go in that direction and pull that off. And Bosa did it. And I think it affected Derek. Derek said at the press conference earlier this week that it pissed him off, quote unquote. And now Derek has an opportunity to play a big game at home in front of the home fans of the Raider Nation. And remember, the reason why Derek Carr was the AFC Offensive Player of the Month is because of what's happening at home at Allegiant Stadium. That first game, he beat Lamar Jackson, and then the overtime win against the Dolphins. You throw in the road win at Pittsburgh where he threw that clutch bomb to Henry Ruggs III. Now all Derek needs to do coming off a loss is get back on track again. With all the talk this week about Leatherwood moving inside, what they want to do on the offensive line, Greg Olson and... Tom Cable's comments, it's going to come down to what they believe is the best on Saturday night in that coaches' meeting before they address the team and what's going to happen on Sunday with who's available, who's ready to play, and to put the best offensive line out there that's possible. But the concern I have is that if we're hearing this, and this is a real issue inside the Raider facility, that they got to get kind of get the next man up going and they're running out of the next man up, 
Some guys may have to be uncomfortable. Some guys might have to play a different position, whatever it takes to win the game. And remember, the Raiders have a couple of extra offensive linemen at the tight end position. Waller can stay in and block, but we like him running routes and force to Moreau and his ability to chip and block before he goes out on a route. Alec Ingle is going to have to have a really big game. He's going to have to catch balls out of the backfield, pick up some blitzes, and then we'll see what to expect from Josh Jacobs because with all due respect to Josh Jacobs, I don't know what to expect. We need Josh to turn into the beast that he's supposed to be. He's got to start dominating games. Where is the 180-yard game? Where's the 162-yard game? Where's the 150-yard game? If he's not healthy, he, he won't be able to do that. But if he's cleared and ready to go, not only for this game and games coming, Josh Jacobs has got to step up. This guy's a franchise back, and this would be a nice game to do it because they got Josh Jacobs because of one of the Khalil Mack picks, of the two Mack picks. So I always tie Josh Jacobs directly to Khalil Mack because by giving up Khalil Mack, the Raiders had the opportunity to get Josh Jacobs. So we'll be able to watch both these players go up against each other. I mean literally go up against each other Sunday at Allegiant Stadium where the pregame show is going to be epic. I can barely contain myself with the surprise that's brewing on Sunday. If you get to the game early, you'll see what I'm talking about. Come see me at the torch. Sam Monson was brought to you by BillsHappen.com. Bills happen, so when you need extra cash, go to BillsHappen.com. Are your credit cards maxed out? Do you have bad credit? You can get up to $5,000 in cash as early as tomorrow. My buddy runs this company. I trust him. They got a great reputation in town. Go to BillsHappen.com if you're in a pinch and you need some cash. Uh, When we come back, I'll get into some final thoughts this hour. On the game plan, my interview with uh, John Gruden earlier in the week and what I think I pieced out of that, everything we're seeing with the roster and Lincoln Kennedy and I and what we believe. I'll be working with Lincoln on the Silver and Black show on Saturday, prepping for that, and then you can catch Lincoln on the broadcast with the great Brent Musburger. Raider Nation, it's a big one. Come into the game early. Wear black. Be loud. Yell on third down when the Bears have the ball. Settle down on third down when Derek Carr has the ball. But be loud the entire game. Make it the home field advantage that we expect. And a little bit later on, 10 years ago today, the Maverick, Al Davis passed away. The Raiders, along with the flagship station, Raider Nation Radio, we pay tribute to Mr. Davis all day and all night long, all weekend long. Seems like every day which is the right way for one of the greatest coaches, owners, and contributors in NFL history, the late, great Al Davis, as we continue on Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. Eight years ago, uh, we lost Al Davis, and uh, my uh, respects go out to the Davis family. And uh, Al Davis is still here. He's been proud of our team and the way they played the last couple weeks. JT, all right, we're going to wrap up the show here and thank everybody all week long with this Bears preview. Obviously, today's a big day on Raider Nation Radio within the Raider organization which I was at this morning, the exact 10-year mark of Mr. Davis, Al Davis, passing away, and you'll be hearing about that 
throughout the rest of the day here on Raider Nation Radio. So keep Mr. Davis in your thoughts as we continue on here. And there's going to be a lot happening. There's a lot going on here, and this Bears game is going to be fun. A lot of Chicago fans are coming in. A lot of Chicago fans have had this as a bucket list trip, and they're coming in for this game, and they're going to be here all weekend. They get two for one with the fight, and they're going to the game on Sunday. So it'll be interesting to see how Vegas handles this mini entertainment stress test with everything that's happening here over the weekend. Really enjoyed my conversation with John Gruden. Busy day today. Simon Keith Foundation Golf Tournament. I'm out at Revere. Big deal. Emceeing the dinner tonight. Please go to Simon Keith's website, simonkeith.com. The first ever heart transplant recipient as a professional athlete. And he is a kingpin in this city and does a lot for this city. So that will be what I'm doing uh, most of the day today. Also, I'm hosting the Silver and Black Show. That airs Saturday, and it airs Sunday, and you can catch it on all the Raider affiliates. They also air it on the Raiders YouTube channel, which is a lot of fun there. So I like this game for the Raiders. The Raiders are a heavy favorite, according to Las Vegas, which is a good thing or not a good thing, depending on how you bet the Raiders over the years. A lot of people I know love when the Raiders are underdogs because they get more value on their bet. I get it. But Chicago's coming in. They're coming off a good win. They're a flawed team on offense and a brute of a defense, as we've been discussing all week long. So I think the Raiders' offense really has to be playing their best if they're going to end up winning this game. Line opened up, Las Vegas minus seven earlier, and now it's down to five, five and a half, depending on where you're shopping here. So the Raiders are almost a touchdown favorite. So Las Vegas likes the Raiders here, and we got to hope the Raiders come out and play a really clean game, a fantastic game, a clean game. I want to thank all of our partners, as I do on every Friday, the Stratosphere and Arizona Charlies and the Laughlin Entertainment Center, all underneath the umbrella of Golden Entertainment, which also owns PTs and all the PTs that we talk about, 64-plus locations here in the Valley. Woodson Bourbon Whiskey. Charles Woodson has a beautiful whiskey that you should be drinking. Grab a bottle before any game, college or pro, over the weekend, now available at Smith's Food and Drug, Lee's Discount Liquor, Liquor World, and other fine liquor stores. Our great friends at Sam and Ash, because you deserve what's right. Our personal injury attorneys are Sam and Ash. Go to SamAndAshLaw.com. Five Iron Golf, inside Area 15, where you need to clean up your golf game, join the leagues, have some beverages, some food. Really enjoying this partnership with our friends at Five Iron Golf. My good friends at Remy Martin, Team Up for Excellence. Uh, Join me for every Raiders road game. You'll find me in the back bar with Remy Martin there. They do an unbelievable job. Frank and the team at the Henderson Hyundai Superstore. Boulder Highway in Henderson. They have the super deals you're looking for. Grimaldi's coal-fired brick oven pizza. A must-have for anybody craving great pizza. The best pizza that I've ever had. And our great friends from Modelo. My bucket of Modelo's tonight. I had to move it back a few hours. Doghouse Saloon, the best place to watch Monday Night Football is Doghouse Saloon inside Resorts World. BillsHappen.com. When you need extra cash, go to BillsHappen.com. Have a great weekend, everybody. I'll see you Sunday at the Raiders game at the Torch on the Raiders pregame show. I guess that's it. Have a good weekend, guys.